Well, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Refuge. And so let's start out, first things first. Um, he is risen. Oh, that's pretty good. So we, we did that at the sunrise service, and it uh, took a couple of like practice runs in order to get it right, finally. It probably had to do uh, somewhat with the fact that we were up at O Dark 30. I don't know it was 4.30, but it was o, o Dark 30, and, and, uh, and we were there at 6 a.m. And um, so I, I know that you can definitely do better than that, right? We can do better than that. Right? So he is risen. He is risen indeed. And uh, I always look forward to hearing that, you know, that response from the church, because it's such a joy to, to know that our Lord is alive and well. And uh, because of that, we know that we have the hope uh, in Him to one day be with Him in all of His glory for all eternity. And so we are certainly looking forward to that. In fact, um, just as I shared with um, everyone at the sunrise service, by the way, the sunrise service was wonderful. We had it over at Hunter Hobby Park, and it was just a, it's always a great time to be there before the sun comes up, before light um, comes across the sky, and consider the fact that this is exactly what was taking place um, 2,000 years ago when, when uh, Mary Magdalene and Mary went to the tomb seeking Jesus. They were looking for him, um, and, and it, was, it was just like that. It was, it was dark. They were going with great anticipation, and what they found was beyond their comprehension. It, they were just in amazement. So it's just wonderful to come together and sing uh, the Lord's praises and, uh, and just celebrate our risen Christ. So, and um, I don't know, you, you know, it's interesting also, as I was thinking about um, just the life of, of Christ, um, I was thinking uh, back to um, to Christmas. You guys like Christmas? You're Christians. You should like Christmas, right? <laughs> I, I love Christmas. I absolutely love the season. I, I love that time of year. And I love ce- celebrating the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, it's just such a special time. But it was like, you know, that took place. And it's like as if God at that point was saying, oh, you think this is great. Just wait till when Jesus grows up and he performs all these miracles and he uh, straightens things out that have been mistaught up to this point. Wait till you see everything that's coming uh, when he comes of age and he begins his ministry, uh, starting with the, his baptism in the Jordan by John the Baptist. Just wait till then, right? You think this is awesome, just wait till then. And then we get to that point, and we see what's taking place, and how it is that Jesus is telling his disciples, oh, you think this is good. Oh, just wait till you see what comes after this. It's going to be an awful, amazing, and glorious moment on Calvary. Because even though it pleased God to crush Jesus, it was for our sake. Oh, and if you think this is awesome because sin was conquered on the cross, just wait till Sunday. I was thinking about that, how each one, it's like, oh, just wait. Oh, and if you think that Sunday was great, if you think the resurrection was great, If you think this is wonderful, Jesus has not only conquered sin on the cross, but the grave by rising from it, oh, just wait till he ascends. And if you think that's great, and if you think that's wonderful, just wait till you in Christ are not only found alive, but you too will ascend to be with the Father because of Jesus. Just wait. That's all together. That's what's before us. That's in the life of Christ. The Messiah, the anointed one, the one that was sent by the Father. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. And whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now, do you believe that? This morning, we are once again going through the story of the resurrection. It's a reality. It's what the Lord did for you and I. And so we get to do that. 
So let's go before the Lord and ask Him to bless our time together in the Word and speak to us once more. Heavenly Father, we are here before You, asking that You would bless and glorify Yourself through this time of continued worship in Your Word. I pray, Lord, that You would give us a renewed focus on You, that You would set our face toward You, the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus our Lord, that we would live with great hope because of the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord. And Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And if we confess with our lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, then we shall be saved. Oh, how wonderful, Lord, that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. We are in Christ, dead to our trespasses and alive in Christ, forgiven. Oh, what wonderful news. What wonderful news. And I pray, Lord, that this morning would be a day of celebration. Would be a moment that we just sing your praises and glorify you. May we be reminded of that love that you first demonstrated to us. And that while we we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And he rose again three days later. So, Lord, speak to us this morning, Father. We certainly praise and worship a wonderful and living God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And Siri was listening to me. (laughs) Isn't that funny? So we had no technical difficulties this morning. How do you turn this thing off? (laughs) That was good. I thought she was going to say amen. (laughs) Siri, say amen. You see, now she's she's not listening. Anyway, where were we? (laughs) That's funny. That has never happened. (laughs) Had to be now. Anyway, we were, we are here because the Lord has brought us here together to celebrate a risen Christ. Um, How beautiful that is. What an amazing day. He has risen. That's right, a day of joy, a day of celebration, a day of celebrating hope in Christ. And we know victory in Christ. That's what's wonderful. Here we are this morning celebrating Resurrection Sunday, the day on which our Lord Jesus conquered the grave. Uh, We have come to sing His praises and worship our King who conquered the grave. How glorious a morning this is to consider what the Lord has done for us. You and I. And we know that according to all four Gospels, on Sunday before the sun came up, there were two women that went to the grave to seek Jesus. Their names, Mary Magdalene, and the Bible says the other Mary. It doesn't really, I mean, the the names matter, but you can say that it could have been any two people that were going to seek Jesus. But when they came to the tomb, they found it, Completely empty. And there are many people who still are looking for Jesus in the tomb, and He's not there. It's empty. It's empty. He's alive and well. Now, the news of the empty tomb went out immediately all over the land. The disciples were told that the tomb was empty, and we know there were a variety of responses from them when they heard this news. There are still today a variety of responses when we hear the good news of Jesus Christ. The fact that today He has risen. There's a variety of responses. But before we get there, let's begin prior to that, to the burial of Jesus Christ, and then we'll, we'll move through. We're going to see the responses of, of Mary Magdalene, of Doubting Thomas, of Peter and John the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, we're going to see different responses to the news of Jesus Christ having risen from the grave. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 27. As you're turning there, last Sunday we went over Palm Sunday, how it was that Jesus came into Jerusalem. Um, How it is that He rode in as a king. 
And it was his triumphant entry. It, uh, it fulfilled prophecy. Zechariah 9.9 is what we know. And he did so much more at that time. He, he went back to Bethany. He spent the night. It was Monday that he uh, uh, did quite a bit. On Monday, he did more on Tuesday. He continued to teach and to uh, tell the people that he was going to the cross. Wednesday was silent. Thursday was the day that he was betrayed by Judas in the Garden of Gethsemane. And now we come to Friday. It was Friday that he was tried illegally overnight. And he was sentenced to death on the cross. And here we come to Matthew chapter 27 in verse 57. When he had died, given up his spirit on the cross, and he was buried. Verse 57 says, When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who also was a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen shroud and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there, sitting opposite the tomb. The next day, that is after the day of preparation, and for us it would be Saturday, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how that imposter said, while he was still alive, after three days I will rise. Therefore, to the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away, and tell the people he has risen from the dead, and the last fraud will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard of soldiers. Go, make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. It was Joseph of Arimathea, as we read there, that asked for the body of Jesus from Pilate. And so Pilate gave him the body of Jesus. And it was Joseph and Nicodemus that went and prepared Jesus' body as best as they could in the short amount of time that they had. They wrapped it in grave clothes and laid Jesus in Joseph's tomb, rolling a great stone, a big heavy stone, in front of the entrance to the tomb. There was a group of us that went to Israel just a couple months ago. And I can't help but in my, in my mind's eye see that tomb. It was a small opening, uh, not more than maybe uh, a few feet across and maybe about five feet in height. It was a small opening to go in. Inside, you see where it is that they would lay the body. And across from there, there's about 50 feet or so uh, from the entrance, and it's kind of flat, and then it starts rising up. It has like uh, maybe about a six to eight foot incline. A very good place for Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to sit there and watch all of this take place. It was just from here to the other side of this room. They could have just sat there and watched Joseph and Nicodemus do the very thing that we're having described to us in the pages of Scripture. They saw... What happened on Friday? These ladies, these women. They saw what happened on Friday, his crucifixion, but they also saw his burial. And on Saturday, the chief priests and the Pharisees wanted to make sure no one stole Jesus' body, only to continue what they believed to be a, a lie. They wanted to make sure that the body of Jesus was not moved by anyone whatsoever. It's, it's amazing to me, again how it is that if they were to have produced Jesus' body, how could they have animated it if they didn't believe that he would be coming to life again? They must have, in the back of their minds, thought, it could be possible. Let's go ahead and seal that grave really good. Make sure that there's no, no possibility. So they went to Pilate and asked that the tomb be sealed and to have a guard of soldiers posted at the tomb so as to ensure no one stole Jesus' body. 
And of course, we know Pilate agreed and gave them even soldiers to use for this purpose, to set as a guard around the tomb in order for uh, there to be no possibility that anyone would come and steal Jesus' body. And so, they did this on Saturday. But then came Sunday. Matthew 28, 1, as we continue. It says, Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, which is Sunday, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. The same two women that had seen the crucifixion of Jesus, that had seen the burial of Jesus, now come back on Sunday morning. They came back to finish the embalming, to take care of Jesus' body, to care for Him, to give Him a proper burial. And when they got there, what they experienced was beyond their comprehension. The earth shook. They saw an angel coming down from heaven Roll away the stone and then sit on it. What would you do? I I think I'd be speechless myself, right? I think we would all be speechless. What do you have to say? But just stand there in awe at what had just taken place. It was absolutely amazing. They came expecting to find Jesus' body. You see, they didn't fully comprehend what Jesus had told them, and they were, they were thinking they were coming back to Jesus' body to prepare it further. How amazing it is to consider what was taking place at this very moment. The earth shook. The angel descended from heaven, rolled the stone away, and sat on it. And verse 4 says, And for fear of him the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know what you seek, that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Come, see the place where he lay. He's not there. Come and see. We know that the angel did not address the Roman soldiers. I mean, all he had to do is, as he made his entrance, talk about an entrance, right? That is an entrance. As the angel is coming down, the earth is shaking, and he just simply rolls it away, and all the Roman soldiers, the big, tough Roman soldiers, right? They just, boom, they're out. <laughs> They've, they fainted with fear. And yet here is Mary Magdalene and Mary, right? But they're not down on the ground. I have no doubt that they were just awestruck, just amazed. The angel rolled the stone away so that these women could be shown the empty tomb and then go and tell the other disciples that Jesus has indeed, did indeed rise from the grave. Past tense. Pretty soon, there's going to be another revelation to them. But at this moment, they were shown the empty tomb, and that's what they saw. And the angel said to them, go and tell the other disciples that Jesus has indeed risen, as he said. He told you this. You know, a lot of the things that we know in Scripture, we need to actually receive and believe and walk out. You know, we hear a lot of stories and maybe we haven't put them all together and understand that from from Genesis to Revelation, all the way through, it's all about Jesus Christ. It's all the the plan of salvation. It's all for us there from, from Genesis to Revelation. This great stone was rolled away once more so that the women could see that Jesus was was no longer there. 
And then verse 7 says, Then go quickly, the angel continued speaking to them, Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Go and tell. Come and see. Go and tell. You've seen. It's empty. He's risen from the grave. Now go and tell the disciples. These women were shown the empty tomb to prove that he is not in there and then to go tell the other disciples that Jesus would meet them in Galilee. And they were filled with fear and great joy and then they ran. (laughs) What a response. I mean, firsthand, they saw what was taking place. They've seen it through, all the way through. His crucifixion. Him being buried. Now they find an empty tomb. And then this angel comes and speaks to them. Shows them the empty tomb and says, go, go and tell the disciples he has risen. It had been prophesied in the Old Testament that Jesus would be crucified. And that he would rise from the grave. It had happened just as Jesus said and the prophets had foretold. In verse 9, it says, And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. What's awesome is these women's response. They didn't doubt. They weren't skeptical at that moment. I, I love that. It, it was as it, it was before them. They knew for a fact this is where he was laid. He's no longer there. This angel showed up and spoke to them. Told them he's not there. He's risen. Just as he told you. And they ran. And here is on their way running in mid-stride. If you can just imagine for a moment these women running. That's not normal. Not for adult women, not for adult men to be running. But there was a sense of urgency. They were going. And then Jesus shows up. And he says, hi. Greetings. That was it, just greetings. They immediately recognized him. Immediately. They knew it was Jesus. And they spared no worship whatsoever. It was everything was out. They fell on their faces and they grabbed a hold of him. They clung to him. They worshiped him. They were speechless. And we know that you can't not you cannot cling to a spirit. They were clinging to him. He was alive and well. And he is alive and well today. And I believe very much that this is what we will do. You know, many people wonder, you know, or you speculate, you start, you have these discussions. Perhaps you've been in one of these discussions. Oh, when I get to heaven, I I have so many questions for the Lord. No, we will know just as we are known. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, right? You know, I think at that point, everything will be made known to us. That's kind of, um, you know, it's exciting, but at the same time, it's scary. You know, because we think, oh, how much have have I flopped on? Have I really understood an error? Did I take for granted? Did I ignore, um, completely neglect, reject? How much of that? I don't know, quite a bit. But I thank God for His grace. But because even in that partial knowledge, even in that partial knowledge, God tells us that we are, we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. The most important decision we will have ever made on earth is whether we believed in Jesus Christ or we didn't. That's what's going to determine 
how we respond after we breathe our last year. I think our response is going to be much like the response was for these women. To fall on their faces and simply cling to him. If he is our Lord, that's what we'll do. I believe wholeheartedly that's what we'll do. What other kind of response is there? I mean, will you want to let go of the one who saved you? You see, we're dead in our trespasses, condemned already if we remain in our sin, but alive in Christ, forgiven because of the sacrifice of the Lord on the cross. He, he saved your life from eternal hell, from the lake of fire. I want to hang on to him. I want to cling to him eternally. Thank you, Lord, that I'm not there. And it's because of you. That's the way we ought to respond even today. To cling to Him. To trust Him. To follow Him. To live for Him. To live for His glory. And Jesus simply told them to not fear and go. Do what the angels said for you to do. Tell the others and have them go to Galilee where He will meet them. Where Jesus said, I, He was right. He was sent by me. And there they will see me, is what Jesus said. Jesus met the women on the road as they acted on the word they had received. And Jesus said he would meet his disciples in Galilee. By the way, from Jerusalem to Galilee, it's 80 miles. It's no short little trek. It's a long way. So they saw Jesus. Their response was awe and worship. And then we have the responses of other disciples. Let's turn to John chapter 20. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. So, John chapter 20, and verse 1. So, now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. We got more details from Mark, right? So verse 2 says, So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple. And the other disciple is John. And one whom Jesus uh, is, and that was the one whom Jesus loved. I guess John wrote this, so he wanted to make sure we all knew that, that he was the one that Jesus loved, okay? <laughs> and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter. So he also wanted us to know that he was faster than Peter. He got there first and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there. In the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. So they came and they saw. And But what we see here with John and Peter... Even though they had been told that Jesus had risen from the grave, was not there, they had to come and see for themselves, right? They came and saw, yes, indeed, it is empty. But perhaps some of us, even in this room, perhaps you know someone who's just like this. They have belief without a full understanding. And that's what we have here. Belief without having full understanding. Be patient, though. Jesus was patient with them, so he is with us today. Secondly, we see in the same chapter, verse 19, how it is that there were other disciples that responded to Jesus. On the evening, verse 19, of that day, that is Sunday, the first day of the week, the doors being locked, where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. 
First, he greeted um, the two women, saying greetings, right? And now he comes and he stands in the midst of the disciples. And he simply says, peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the, the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. The response that we see here, and and that's what really the focus is this morning, is their response to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. At that moment, they actually saw Jesus face to face. He showed them his hands, showed them his side. It is I. Please know this. I'm showing you proof. And I am here. Peace be with you. Do not be alarmed. Do not be frightened. it's, It's me. It's me. And then he told them, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. But what we're also told here is that the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. You know, there are some people who, unfortunately, will not be glad when they see the Lord. I know that's hard to believe. But the reason why they won't be glad to see the Lord is because they've rejected the Lord. He will not come as... King and Lord before them when they come to him, but he'll be their judge. That's an awful day. Beyond comprehension. But these disciples, these were disciples of Jesus. In other words, they were followers and they were believers. And so when they saw him, they received him with gladness and they were glad. They're full, full of joy at the fact that. Their risen Savior was before them. And he says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. But then we have other responses as we continue. Verse 24. We have the account of one named Thomas. Verse 24 says, Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So he wasn't there in that room with the other disciples. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Well, eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. That's why I tell you, be patient. Be patient. Because there may, there may be some that believe without full understanding. Okay. There may be others that are very skeptical. They doubt. Pray for them. Come alongside them. Explain to them some things. Show them. Show them who Jesus is and how much God loves them. Doubting Thomas. There are many today that doubt. That doubt that this can be true. I mean, can you imagine the other disciples were telling him, and they were good friends. Why would they lie? And they were telling him, we've seen him. We, we've seen him. We've seen his marks. We've, we've seen it. He was there with us. Eight days later, Jesus shows up. If you seek the Lord with all your heart, in other words, with genuine sincerity in wanting to know Jesus, he will... Show himself to you. You will know that he is real. If you you seek him with sincerity, he will be found. He wants to be found. It's not like he's trying to hide. He's not playing uh, hide and seek, you know. You know, it's not a game. For him, he wants to be found. If you seek him with sincerity, he will be found. Doubting Thomas, I, I doubt it until I see him and I see his scars. I will never believe. And Jesus wanted to show him. And he was 
awestruck himself. He was amazed. And he cried out, saying, my Lord and my God. That is the response. That's what we're praying for in others. Just as it was with us, so we're praying that others would respond in the same way. I remember I had, I had belief with partial understanding. I remember times that I myself was, was doubtful. Maybe it is true what the world says. But it was in ignorance, I want to tell you that. I had not searched the scriptures myself. So then, in hindsight, for me, it was ignorance, right? Not stupidity, that's different. It was ignorance, because I didn't know. And yet, I acted like as if I knew. Doubting Thomas. There are many doubting Thomases out there. There was another response, though. Turn with me to John 21, which is just after that. John 21. You remember what the Apostle Peter had done with Jesus? He had denied him. Once? Twice? Three times. Three times, right? He had denied him. In John 21, verse 1, it says, After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. So they had made them their way up to the area of Galilee. Tiberias uh, is on the western coast of the Sea of Galilee. And it's about midway up. And so they made their way there. So uh, after this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called it, the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, the two others of his disciples uh, were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. And they said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast a net on the right side of the boat. And you will find some. So they cast it. And now they were not able to haul it in because the quantity of fish. The disciple whom Jesus loved. Which is who? John, right? John the beloved. Therefore said to Peter. It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment for he was stripped for work. And threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish. For they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. At this moment, Peter was not going to deny that Jesus, uh, deny Jesus anymore. This, this was, at this point, he responded immediately, that's the Lord. Peter says, I'm gone. I'm out. He didn't wait for the boat to come in. He splashed in the water, and he was gone. They came to Christ. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in, in place with fish laid out on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, he, the, the net was not torn. And Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. 
we see in Peter just a beautiful response. Beginning with that portion when he was on the boat and John told him, that's the Lord. And him immediately jumping out of the boat and swimming to shore and coming to the Lord. As Jesus told him, you know, go get some fish. Let's, let's have a good fish fry here. It was Peter that went immediately to the boat from the 153 fish that they had caught. He brought some, and so they ate. But then Jesus had unfinished business with Peter. I think this is a beautiful story for you and I. How many times have you denied Jesus? You think none? I beg to differ. There are so many ways that we can deny Jesus. And yet he didn't come so that you would remain out of commission. Remember, he's a God of grace and a a God of mercy. He's a a God of restoration. He's the God of reconciliation. He wants us to come back to, the, to Him, be restored and continue on walking with Him. For us, this is great news. If God desired this with Peter, He certainly denies it, uh, de- desires it with you and I. Desires that. You see, Peter was a representation of restoration. And he responded to that. He didn't walk away. He didn't stay in hiding. You know, sometimes we think that, oh, I've done too much. You know, I'm going to go and hide. God can find you wherever you try and hide. And I thank him for that. There's no place you can go that he is not. Think about that. Think about, really, the fact that, okay, God is um, in all places at all times. So when you, when you try and hide from him, where is it that you can go that he is not? So then you begin to think about this and you think, well, where is there, as the psalmist said, that where can I go that you are not? If I ascend to the heavens, you are there. If I descend into the abyss, you are there. If I try and go under a rock, you are there, right? Into my room, away from people, away from the church, away from this, away from that. Oh, he's there. But the Lord wanted to restore Peter and bring him back in. And so he did. Jesus went after him, but Peter responded. And that's what's important. That's what's critical is our response. You see, we have free choice. It wouldn't be meaningful if we were just robots and we didn't have any choice. Like, okay, the moment God comes to us and says, will you receive my grace? If we didn't have any other Option, no other way that we could go except for to say, yes, Lord, I am yours. What kind of love is shown there, right? Even Jesus, he desired that this cup would pass by. Remember when he was in the garden and he was praying and he was seeking, he was, he was praying to the Father three times he prayed. If this, if this cup can pass, nonetheless, may your will be done, not mine. It was, it was His will to do the will of the Father. So it is that we have free choice to respond to the grace that's been offered to us. We've done nothing for it, and yes, he gives, yet He gives us everything. That's why it's called a gift. It's called an inexpressible gift. It's beyond our comprehension, and yet we receive it. And He was restored. And then we have a couple of guys who were... Um, Slow of heart to believe. They were kind of slow. They were the two guys on the road to Emmaus. Turn with me to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. I love these stories. This will be the last. Luke chapter 24. So, it was after the resurrection... There were a couple of disciples who were going to a village named Emmaus, verse 13 of chapter 24, about seven miles from Jerusalem. So they were on their way, and they were walking with each other about, uh, uh, they were talking with each other about all these things that had taken 
that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. So the Lord um, kind of put a veil over their eyes and they couldn't recognize him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? Uh, our Lord, um, he doesn't always just quickly reveal to us. He, sometimes he wants us to explain how much we know about who he is as he's there with us walking. And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, Are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? Interesting, they're telling Jesus this, that. This, that, that thing. This is what they're telling him. And he said to them, What things? And they said to him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and the rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning. Mary Magdalene and Mary, right? And when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it, just as the women had said, John and Peter. But him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken, have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? Oh, they were slow. (laughs) They were slow. They they were well-versed in the scriptures. And, And yet, they still didn't see Jesus for who he was. He'd been prophesied. They were... Asking Jesus, do you not know about what happened to Jesus of Nazareth? All these things happen. And he says, oh, slow of heart to believe. Let me explain to you some things. And he explained. When you begin to understand, as someone puts it together for you, your, your heart begins to burn. And that's what we hope. When we have an answer for the hope that lies within us, what happens to someone else would happen to me. Some years ago, as my good friend Mike Lucas shared with me from Scripture who Jesus is, my heart burned within me. I I was slow of heart to believe. I was that daddy in Thomas. I was the one that believed with partial understanding until a dear friend, Mike, came along. And explained it all to me. Oh, my heart burned within me. I could have been the very one that the Lord said, Oh, foolish one, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. And he explained, Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. He explained. He told them. So should we. And so should we pray for the opportunity to tell someone else all the things that pertain to Jesus to explain to them. Their eyes were opened as they recognized Jesus and their hearts burned within them. Each of these cases represent us. There are those who believe but are without full understanding. There are those who receive the news with gladness There are still others who doubt, but I pray they, like Thomas, believe and are filled with awe at the grace of God and the risen Christ. There are others who have denied Jesus and are in desperate need of being restored 
being reminded of God's grace just like Peter. And there are those who are slow to believe even though they know. But as soon as their eyes are open, their hearts burn within them, knowing that Jesus is indeed with them. And he desires that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You see, Jesus came that you may have life and have it more abundantly according to John 10.10. Jesus was victorious over sin and he conquered the grave so that you may be saved from the condemnation of sin by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And the question for you this morning, this is the way we celebrate Resurrection Sunday, is do you believe? Do you believe? Can you identify with one of these people that we described here? And I believe in some way we can identify with all of them. But the response to the resurrection of Jesus Christ is very important for us. It's critical. For in that response, we come to know salvation in Jesus Christ. By receiving that gift, by simply crying out to the Lord and asking Him to forgive us. I believe that Jesus, you are the Son of God, who died for my sin on the cross, who was buried three days later, rose from the grave. Forty days later, ascended to heaven. And today, or I'm sorry, ten days later, right? Ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. Now, what's for you? I'm thinking of Pentecost. But the important thing is that we that we believe on Jesus Christ for confession from our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. I pray that all would come to realize the fulfillment of Jesus Christ's work on the cross, his burial and resurrection. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name, according to John twenty thirty one, First 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, For I deliver to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day in accordance with Scriptures. Do you believe that? And did you hear? Jesus is risen. He is alive and well. And He desires that you receive the gift of forgiveness and eternal life in Him. I pray that you would come to confess Him with your mouth and believe in your heart that God certainly and did raise Him from the dead and you will know salvation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the indescribable gift. We thank You, Lord, that You did not hold back from anything that was necessary to secure salvation for anyone and all who believe. And so I ask, Lord, that you would move in the hearts of every person here, that perhaps we need restoration. Lord, let us cry out in humility, asking for your forgiveness. Perhaps there are some here who have doubted, who believed, but not with full understanding. I pray, Lord, that you would give them understanding now, and that you would relieve their doubt with knowledge and understanding that they too would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and come to fully believe that in that belief they would know salvation in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross and rose from the grave. We give you all the praise and all the honor, and we pray this in Jesus' name.